millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Eleven to one with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms to see the amazing range of Mercedes-Benz cars, or choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring here for you. Starting a Tuesday in the positive way possibility ream things can only get better this is LMFM's 11 to 1 Sinead Brazel here with you yeah, how are you getting on you can get in touch 086 1800 658 and I imagine there's going to be lots of people with opinions on this because it's the biggest story of the year so far and you know, for a man who claims to be hounded by the press, he's not doing too much to stop articles being written about him. And it's just like bombshell, then another bombshell, then another bombshell over there, a bombshell here. It's unreal what he's saying about his life, the royal family and just anybody else that he happened to kind of cross paths with, you know, so far in his what? What age is he? 30 something years or whatever he is. Like on one hand... Why shouldn't he tell his story? There's been so much written about him and his wife. He should set things straight. And then on the other hand, it's just a bit much. I mean, Prince Harry, you know, part of me is just going, just zip it. Do you know what I mean? A little bit. Like, I don't need to know how many people you killed in Afghanistan. Do you know? And it doesn't paint you in the light that you're maybe wanting to be painted in. And... Do you have to talk about, say, Caroline Flack, say, for example, a woman who was persecuted by the press so much so that she ended her own life and you've decided to put her in your book as well? No, I'm not. I'm not for that. Um, I know it's not nice, but you are always going to be the spare. I mean, I feel like someone needs to sit him down and go, look, Harry. You're always going to be playing second fiddle to William. That's just it. You got to get past this. You got to move past this. I mean, could you imagine if you grew up in an Irish household back in the day, even in rural Ireland, when the eldest fa- the eldest son got the farm? Ah, good luck to you. And the rest of them had to play second fiddle. Oh, he just had to get on. But there's a bit of like, just get on with it. You're just being a bit spoiled now. You're whinging, you're whining, you're revealing too much here. You know, but the appetite is there. People were queuing outside bookshops in the UK. I'm not sure about Ireland, but in the UK, people were booking, uh, were, were outside the bookshops from midnight, from before midnight when the book was released, the early, very early hours of this morning to get this. And, you know, I just think what's wrong with people? I mean, now look, at, am I curious a little bit about the book? Kind of, but I feel like I know all the things now already because so much has been revealed about this. Um, And, you know, as I say, there is that aspect of just come on, stop whining, Harry, you know, like the bottom line here is you're going to make millions from airing all of this dirty laundry. 
in public. The only That's the only motivation for him doing this. Not really to get the truth out there, I don't think. Because uh, if that was the case, he'd donate all the money, wouldn't he? He'd donate all the money to charity. And I don't hear any talk about that at all. So for me, I'm just thinking there's a bit much being revealed um, I'm not sure how he's going to roll back from this and then he talks about still wanting to kind of you know have the olive branch extended and you're kind of going <laughs> okay you're ruining uh, everybody you're, you're completely sort of you know washing the royal family in mud really with regards to all of this wondering what your thoughts are on Harry's bombshells I didn't I missed the interviews I didn't watch them to be honest wondering did anyone watch the interviews what do you make of all of this what he's saying should he speak his truth? Should he speak his truth? And should we take his truth on board? Or is he just whining? Is it just whinging and whining at this stage? 86 658 You know I want you. James Arthur and Anne-Marie rewrite the stars on LMFM's 11 to 1. He can't rewrite it now. It's out. We're talking about Spare. Harry, uh, Prince Harry's book, his autobiography, it was released, released this morning. And some of the biggest royal bombshells had already been released before this and he didn't hold back at all. Uh, everything from, you know, his time in Afghanistan to him admitting to taking drugs to his uh, views on Camilla to the fact that William and Kate apparently encouraged him to wear the infamous Nazi uniform uh, to an assault, an alleged assault uh, from uh, Prince William on on Prince Harry as well as apparently King Charles begging Harry and William to reconcile um, back in April 2021 at the funeral of Prince Philip. All of this has already been kind of released to the public so part of me is kind of thinking what else is left in (laughs) in this autobiography. But I'm asking you, should Harry tell his truth should we tell should he tell his truth and should we accept his truth should we listen to him or is he just whining and whinging at this stage about you know his life uh, becca has been on and she's on 086 1800 658 he's been silenced for a long time false stories planted i think he has the right to tell his side says becca but like you know the thing is i would say has he not kind of said his side you know it's that a lot of, he said a lot in the oprah interview. Now some of it, you know, is coming to light now as well. Like, is there just some things that you just don't tell your side with regards to because it's going to be far too much, too 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 damaging to people that are, you know, your family that you're supposed to love. Uh, do keep those coming in. 0861800658. I am getting um, a message in here, important uh, traffic information. Uh, morning all at LMFM. Just wanted to warn people there has been a car crash at the roundabout for the turn off for the motorway on the Navin to Athboy Road. Gardy are not there yet. They could be there now at this stage though because this message just came in a little bit ago. But there are two cars involved and we will update you as that goes on, as we get more information on that. But do take care if you're in the area. More messages coming in on this. I'm going to get to some of those just after these. Oh, 11 to 1. Oh, Messages coming in on 086-1800-658 on WhatsApp and text about Harry, Prince Harry and the book. Uh, the relationship is now damaged beyond repair, I'd say, even after the Oprah inf- interview. Uh, nothing to lose now, says one message here. Uh, somebody else saying people don't want to hear the truth because it's boring. Uh, being who he is, Harry never had privacy. So I feel that he's thinking, you know, you ruined my mom. You don't care about the truth. So there you have it and stuff it. I mean... <sighs> Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I think like, you know, 
yes, he's had, you know, stories planted about him, that kind of thing. I think he very much didn't get the care that was needed. Uh, both of them didn't after their, their mother died, you know. And this idea that they weren't allowed to show emotion, but everybody else was allowed kind of, you know, weep and mourn Diana. Like that's hugely problematic, like hugely problematic. And that goes down to how things are handled within the royal family and this idea of, you know, mental health not being valued and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and all of that, right? And the stiff upper lip and all that kind of stuff. And that is very problematic. Okay, no doubt about it. And maybe we are seeing you know, all of this manifests itself now. Like maybe had he been taken aside and kind of cared for a little bit more, you know, things might have panned out differently. But I just feel there's a bit much now, isn't there? There's a bit much of the bombshells. Like there's a lot there, you know, like he's really gunning for all of them and he's lashing all of them now. Absolutely lashing all of them. And I think that there's a little bit too much of that now. Some of this, you know, could have been maybe held back. I mean, even the Oprah interview where he was talking about, uh, you know, the the, the colour of Archie's skin and that came up in conversation. He has now rolled back and said, well, look, that wasn't racist. I know that that wasn't racist. That's what the press have said. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, hang on, you very much threw that out there like somebody had made a racist comment. Now you're saying that it's unconscious bias. And there's a difference. This is what he said in one of the interviews. I don't know. I think he's rowing back. You know, he's got, he's, he's, you know, a lot of what he's saying, I'm kind of thinking, have you thought this through? Have you really thought this through? Some of the bombshells that you're, you're throwing out there. Keep those coming in. 86 658 There's Tom Grennan, a little bit of love on LMFM's 11 to 1. Eileen's on. Thank you so much, Eileen. Sinead, until anyone has gone through abuse within the family and from their family, they will not have an insight into how cruel family can be for their own reasons. And Harry seems to be a very sensitive person, so he's very upset that his uh, own family has inflicted all this on him. There's two sides to every story, and if his family love him, they will make their peace. Look, I don't know if that's going to happen now at this stage. I mean, you know, but isn't there a little bit, Eileen... uh, you know, about the way things are told. And this is sort of the sceptic kind of cynical side of me as well. You know, like, let's say, for example, the fight, you know, the assault. William assaulted him, this thing, you know. And the way that that was told. Now, look, coming from a family with two brothers who tore lumps out of each other, let me just say, in the most loving way possible. You know, brothers will do this. There can be an element of, you know, let's say... I mean, like it's not assault seems like a very strong word. I, and in this scenario, you know, he he grabbed him and he fell to the floor and you know into the dog bowl or whatever else. But William came back later then and did actually apologise or whatever. It, like I have experienced my brothers, you know, getting a bit rowdy, let's say, with each other, and things like that can happen where something might break or you know, it's not, and it's nothing menacing in it. And I just feel that that part of it might have been told in a way that he knows the press are going to pick up on or people are going to run with that now. William Assault, Harry, you know. Um, so there's a little bit of an element to me, an element to this that I feel that he's kind of turning it a little bit, you know, and, and painting them in a way that's going to get ensure the maximum uh, publicity, wrong publicity, let's say, for, for the other side. Now, look, I'm not going to doubt at all that he hasn't suffered and, you know, that he hasn't um, been a victim to, you know, 
things that have been glossed over because of course they're going to protect William first you know um, and I don't agree with them planting things that will take attention away from William or anything like that you know I don't agree with that side of it but you know there just seems to be a lot of things you know like that I just feel it's like do we really need to know that level of you know like I think you know as well even when he said about Charles and and what Charles had had said after um you know uh he you know this whole thing of uh you gave me the air and the spare and this sort of stuff I mean does that all need to be dragged up again there's just there's things I just feel like okay tell your truth tell your story but there's just an element of this that's maybe gone a bit too far that's my that's my uh, view on it. But keep those coming in. Uh, we're getting messages here on 086 658. Uh, you're totally wrong in your view of Harry Sinead. For far too long, people have endured crap treatment from family members for the sake of saving face. Hopefully Harry will set a trend and people will come out with the truth. I take my hat off to him. He's put his wife and children first, not like a lot of husbands. Yes, but... He has put his wife and children first in terms of getting out there and getting out of the royal family. And to be honest with you, for him and for his side of things and for his own mental health and for his own well-being and their well-being, that probably was a very good move. But now you're peddling and it's peddling all of these stories for money. I can't, you know, I just can't separate that aspect of it. He's going to make so much money out of this. So much money. And that's the thing that's not sitting maybe well with me. Do keep those coming in. 086 1800 658. More shine and LMFM's 11 to 1. Jackie's not happy with me. Jackie and Navin, she says, love your show every day. Listen in every day. But for God's sake, drop the Harry story. You're adding to the peddling. She's saying to me here. I know I'm adding to the peddling, but, you know, it's sort of everywhere, Jackie. Do you know what I mean? At the moment, we can't really escape it. Uh, so, and lots of people are getting in touch. So I do need to get around to some more of those messages. But for now, I'm going to park it for a second, Jackie. Just just for you, I'm going to park it for a second. We are going to be talking, actually, uh, appropriately, about the first Fortnight Festival, which is an art and cultural festival. We were speaking about this last week on the show. And it's very much geared to promoting discussion around mental health and this Friday therapy sessions now therapy with a difference okay this is very much a fantastic art and cultural event uh, happening this Friday night in Dublin we're going to be chatting to the poet Stephen James Smith all about this he's the curator he's the MC of this we're going to be chatting to him after these First fortnight, it's held during the first two weeks in January and it's an arts and culture festival aiming to challenge mental health stigma through the arts and the art of conversation. And this week, renowned poet Stephen James Smith, he's bringing that back, the popular therapy sessions to Dublin's Workman's Club. That's happening on Friday, this coming Friday. It's a therapy session like no other in the form of an intimate and engaging evening of music and poetry. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by the curator of the event. He's MC as well, poet Stephen James Smith. How are you getting on, Stephen? How are you, Sinead? Thanks for taking the call. I'm all good. I'm down here in Cork today. I was oh, you're in Cork? First Fortnite event last night, and uh, I have three more this week. I'm in Wexford, Dublin, and Belfast for three other gigs as well. They're all kind of therapy sessions. Um, yeah. Yeah, so fantastic. You're, you're bringing this around the place, which is great. But this is therapy, right? But not like therapy in the traditional sense. Like, this is truly unique. Tell me about this. Well, 
I'll be honest with you, Sinead, I didn't give it the name. <laughs> that's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> got it on the back. But uh, at the same time, like, arts, uh, uh, it's quite a cathartic thing to go to a gig and, and the way they're curated. Uh, the artists might, will, will, will be aware of the theme of the festival. They'll speak about their own uh, experiences. And, um, like, it, it provides a safe space for people to have those conversations afterwards. So the idea is that people um, get to go to a gig uh, and as I said the themes of mental health will come up and it provides them that, that, that opportunity where maybe it mightn't happen to other gigs where people can have uh, prompt conversations and uh, that helps to kind of reduce mental health stigma that's the, the idea yeah. of the festivals where um, yeah they're great like I've been in volunteering with them for 11 years this is the 12th year of the festival uh, you mentioned Dublin there but it's not just Dublin Central to say I am in Cork uh, and I'll be doing a gig in Wexford this Thursday and then Dublin's the Friday and the Duncan Art Centre in Belfast and then there's like events in Donegal, Roscommon, all around uh, Kildare um, but the website is the best place to go to see what's happening. Yeah, absolutely and you know you, you managed to bring the, the, the session as well very successfully I might add online but really this is about being together, this is universal connectivity through art and, and it's kind of, we were talking about this actually last week as well with, with Maria, the, the CEO of the festival, mm-hmm. just this idea of being at one and experiencing this you know amazing feeling all together it's it, there's nothing like it it's very hard to put into words Stephen Ah yeah look there's nothing like the live experience um, I'd, I'd say we're all sick of being zoomed out of it and, and from all the online gigs now it is a, it's a handy kind of portal to um, branch out and for other people to engage and, and maybe people that are you know are further afield or have their own problems that they that they can't make it to the venue so that's great if, mm-hmm. if there's an opportunity for people as well of course I don't mean to be dismissive of that but there is something very special about being in the room in fact funny enough I'm actually in the Roundy Bar in Cork I used to gigs here about 10 years ago yeah. and the hotel kicked me out early this morning which was a bit pissed off sorry a bit annoyed about <laughs> at 10 o'clock to check out so I came down here and they've given me upstairs so I'm actually currently in the venue that I've gigged in many moons ago uh, but yeah there's nothing like the live experience and just sitting here right now I'm reminded of all the good memories I had gigging here Flooding back to you absolutely and you know you have been at this you know spoken word and performance for 20 years at this stage Stephen I, I mean you started out in, in music before moving to poetry was that inevitable like did you always know that you'd kind of find your way into poetry no, I'm just a failed musician, really. <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> I, love, I love the honesty. I love it. I'm all right, but like, I, I, I didn't expect that I'd be doing poetry. Like, sure, like when I left school, I did mechanical engineering, and that's what I thought I'd go on to yeah. do. Um, in fact, funny enough, like one of the worst ever gigs I did was in Trafford. No way! <laughs> in the Black Bull. I had a lovely steak, <laughs> but I had a brutal gig. <laughs> oh, no, don't tell me you were booed or anything, were you? No, no. It, look, it was actually the fellow who organised the gig. It was a lovely guy, and there was some music on as well. And then uh, what happened was a stag dude came in, oh. and they're look, they're entitled to do what they want to do. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be dismissive of that you know that's their buzz, but it wasn't really maybe uh, fitting for what I no. was trying to do. That but, I don't you know, see a stag sitting around now for poetry. Yeah, no, you need a challenging <laughs> gig now and again. That's where you earn your stripes. So like I, I learned a lesson that night, so I did. Uh, but look at these gigs coming up would be great. To be honest with you, the tickets are selling pretty fast. So oh, okay. Yeah, they always come. do, don't they? It's always kind of a, a festival favourite, the therapy sessions. 
Yeah, we, we jam them out. Uh, so people around on Wednesday, uh, or sorry, uh, on Friday, if they want to come to Dublin, I know your your listenership there are kind of around Meath and Loud. And yeah. You can venture up to Belfast, the Dunkerns and Amazing Arts Centre in North Belfast, which I've uh, had the fortuitous um, opportunity to kind of um, connect with the with the people up there and really love it, so I do. But I guess the main attraction for me, uh, I'd be biased. Uh, now there's incredible artists throughout the lineup is uh, Buddy Wakefield, who is the three times World Poetry Slam. Yeah, he's you know, unreal. Uh, which sounds amazing. And it is amazing. Poetry Slam's a bit of a gimmick, right, to get people engaged with poetry. But, <laughs> like, it's it's like a gateway drug into, into, into the art form. <laughs> uh, but he's an incredible performer. So he will absolutely captivate you. He's performed everywhere from the Sydney Opera House on global venues. Uh, so it's a real cue to get him down. So he's doing the three d- dates. uh said Wexford Art Centre, uh, where I actually live in Wexford now so I'm heading back there after this chat with you and um, yeah You have a sea of wall in there as well and you have a fantastic I'm really intrigued now yeah, I've only heard about these guys Wall's not the only gig anymore oh. um, and, and I shouldn't he, he got a better gig now that's an awful thing for me to say like he has and he hasn't he's got a really high profile event that takes place on RTE on a Friday uh, TV, so I'll say no more. Okay. <laughs> when like, you can join the dots, I mean, I can join the dots that with that one. I can. But <laughs> you, you, you do have a fantastic uh, six piece band that I've only recently discovered. And I think, do some of these guys have uh, connections to, to Dundalk? Uh, Tushin, the the, sunk, uh, the funk soul band. Uh, they're amazing. Yeah. yeah I love I love Tushin. Uh, in fact, she did the late, late last week as well. There yes. We go. Um, yeah, Toshian's great fun, amazing energy. Has been doing um, an Rita Franklin show as well as her own uh, songs, and uh, I can't wait to see her again. I've, I've gigged with her a number of times now, as it happened in the last year alone. Um, but huge energy, great fun. Um, she's amazing and then we have Les Salamanders who are a Cork based band uh, from West Cork I love them uh, that's Julie and Colleen and uh, they've got a great new song out actually which was played last night in the radio as well Mary's Got Issues yeah. um, which again fits into the theme of the festival uh, so like the, the girls will speak from their own again experience around mental health but also put on a great gig um, and who else have we got we have Buddy from Dublin <clears throat> here on Avery who's uh, amazing. Uh, he's doing the Belfast show uh, along with a lot of other heads. So, yeah, look at it. There's so someone, something for everyone. And, you know, you mentioned it there in sort of a, f- a fun way in terms of the, the poetry slam thing. But I, I want to say, spoken word is having its time. It's having its moment. There is an appetite out there, judging from what you're saying as well. You know, the fact that the tickets are selling out, which is great. It's great to see that there is an appetite for this. Yeah, I wish people would just buy tickets to my own gig. It's funny one. Yeah, like it's it's becoming more popular a little bit. But for me, uh, sorry, I'm kind of surface level, so we'll get a bit deeper. Right? Uh, personally speaking, I think it's just a rebranding of our ancient tradition. Yeah. Um, and it's social media is helping these things to spread a bit more. But it was always there. Like, as you said, I'm doing this 20 years now, I'm 40. Uh, and when I started out, there was no, none of this Twitter, none of this Instagram, mm. whatever. It was just word of mouth. And people were going to these things, but it's just become a bit more prevalent. And, and I suppose using ads a little bit more as well now, which makes it less cool. And I'll have to hold my hand up. I've benefited from that on occasion as well. But like, Listen, needs must, Stephen. A man's got to pay his bills. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a self-employed uh, artist for 10, 11 years now. So we need to pay the bills. Um, so you kind of have to use your 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 
talent per se uh, in any way you can uh, try not to sell your soul I try not to uh, but I also need to be practical uh, yeah. in, in, in things as well you know so I don't say yes to everything um, but there's definitely been times where I've said yes to things because like you know you can you got to do it you got to do it I got married I'd like to have a family yeah. I don't want I don't want to fit into this romantic stereotype of the of the starving, the starving artist. artist. Nobody, <laughs> there's nothing romantic about that at all. No, Absolutely no, not. not at all. But you know, you, you did have a big year last year. You know, you had you, you released a debut album, which you know, number one, a poet releasing an album. I love that. I absolutely love that. And number two, you also had the the Irish and the UK tour. But you did sort of allude a little bit to the fact that this might have been the last sort of throw of uh, the last sort of ditch attempted to, to kind of w- with regards to this. <laughs> So I, my question yeah, now is you're a bit melodramatic, Steve. My, then my question though is, uh, what does 2023 hold? And is it you know does does the allure of a steady job call, or are you going to keep it up with the with the self-employed artist? <laughs> um, the tour was an awful lot of fun. I got to be on the road. So basically, I, I took two musicians and a visual artist on the road with me, and like I got some funding from Culture Ireland to go to the UK. But like ultimately, it was a a self. Uh, promoted uh, tour yeah. and uh, like a commercial venture and, and I had to pay artists which they're entitled to be paid obviously and you're paying for travel hotel petrol food all that and uh, to be honest with you I made a loss on the tour nice. uh, again had an awful lot of fun got to hang out with friends uh, but like you can't keep on doing that I said mm. I got married last September I'd like to have a family so your, your, your vanity your ego projects you need to kind of keep that in check so I'll be honest with you after January I have a very busy January. I'm going to Paris then in February. Oh, wow. I have two events there. But after that, I have zero, like nice. literally zero for the rest of the year. Now, that's also the life of the self employed person. And I'll shake a few trees and I'm yeah. sure something will come my way. And it's all good. I'm not like, I'm not too concerned. Uh, but that's just the reality. You need to lean into things with a bit of hope and optimism. Um, and like, that's where some of the copywriting jobs and some of the voiceover work mm. from time to time uh, means that I can continue to do other bits and bobs. And sometimes they pay me more handsomely than the gig will do anyway, as it happens. Or I do a bit of teaching. I love going to schools. I was just uh, going to say, do you, would yeah. you go into teaching? That's what, what my next thing. Like, that's yeah. such an Irish mammy thing now, isn't it? Ah, uh, look, just do a bit of teaching. Do you know what I mean? To- <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoy it. You know? Oh, that's like, great. I, I, I do. I had a residency in Waterford there for six weeks with the South East Technical, the South East Technical University. They funded me to go to, to, to schools and loved that. We did a big performance in Garter Lane with all the transition year students. So I've been doing that for a number of years now. And that's, again, part of my bread and butter. And keeps keep you grounded. Keeps you, go, keeps you grounded. Absolutely. It does keep um, you grounded. Well, Stephen, you know, whatever you manage to do, no doubt you're going to keep going anyway. And I wish you the best of luck, not just with therapy Thanks. sessions but continued success with your, with your work going forward thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me today Thanks Sinead nice and cheers Take Thanks care. a million Stephen is bringing the therapy sessions uh, as he mentioned all over the place but I suppose for the local area here Dublin on Friday night also Belfast as well full details information firstfortnight.ie <laughs>
By the way, if you want to check out any of Stephen James' work, I highly recommend it. Uh, he performed on The Late Late a number of times, but his poem about Dublin is particularly f- just fantastic. It's kind of like an ode to Dublin, but also like, you know, sort of, I suppose, him pleading with Dublin to be better. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Dublin we are. Uh, so uh, going, moving on to, to, to today and to what we have next, and we are going back in time to 1999 in a certain TV show now. Yeah, these guys. Don't want to meet them in a dark alley, I tell you. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Yes, on this day in 1999, The Sopranos, that had its debut on HBO. And today is Peculiar People Day. I know. Here to celebrate the leaders of the strange and unusual, those who refuse to succumb to the world's idea of what is normal and sane. They challenge the status quo and utterly rebuke the concept that that which is out of the ordinary is bad. So peculiar people day to day. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Getting back to some of your messages about Prince Harry on 086-1800-658. His long-anticipated uh, autobiography, Spare, is out now. Uh, Ella saying, Sinead, you watch Love Island and all of those uh, programmes where people show literally everything. But Harry has to shut up. That's been called a bigot. Now, hang on a minute. I might love, I might like... You know, I might watch, sorry, Love Island. It's a Freudian slip, Ella. I might watch Love Island. I certainly don't like it, right? Or love it. I'm just talking about what people are talking about. So that's for sure. Let's get that part of it straight. Uh, other messages coming in here. Totally agree, Sinead. This is coming in from Claire. He has to pay for his big mortgage, making millions. I think he needs to get on now and enjoy his freedom, says somebody else. Uh, he's just a spoiled child, says Margaret. Uh, another message here coming in from Angela, I think. Harry packed his kit and went off to America with herself. Now he's anonymous over there and he's not happy with that either. She's coached him how to act. Now he's sorry he doesn't have the endless pots of money, chauffeurs, mansions, and he's trying to blame his family and wants to beg uh, them to beg him to come back. He's burned bridges with them. There's a couple of messages around sort of people blaming uh, Megan and his wife. I don't know if I'd go that far either. Uh, but thank you so much for all of those messages on 086-1800-658. We're going to take a break for news and after that I'm going to be meeting Andrea O'Grady. She wants us to be fit in mind and body. We're going to be chatting to her all about her work and she has an important workshop coming up as well at the end of January. We'll chat to her after 12. Yeah, the Lumineers, ho hey, kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. You can get in touch 086-1800-658. Now, in the last year or two, there has been sort of a trend for reunions and like possible sequels or reboots and things like that. And I have to say, I'm very on board for the news that a reboot, or sorry, it's more of a, like a kind of a reunion, I should say, uh, for this next movie that I've just, I'm a huge, huge fan of and I'm delighted with this news. What's the movie I hear you ask? Well, this might be a little clue for you. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's happening. Whether Dirty Dancing fans want a sequel or not, apparently it's officially happening. Jennifer Grey has announced that she signed on to reprise her role as Frances' baby Houseman in Dirty Dancing 2. 
And apparently she's not the only one that's going to be making a comeback. Apparently, Patrick Swayze, who we know has died from pancreatic cancer in 2009, he, um, you know, could be in some form or another alluded to, right? In it. Okay, we don't know what form. They could just mention him. I don't know. But apparently she uh, is saying that other characters from the original movie will come back to the sequel which is exciting I, I like how are they what are they going to do with this like what how could the possible what would the possible storyline be I don't care I don't care I am on board I am on board for this apparently 2024 will be the release but it's going to go into production shortly so Dirty Dancing 2 pretty much happening loving it loving that news you can read more about this by the way on lmfm.ie now it's time for more celeb news the Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Miley Cyrus's new track, Flowers, is out this Friday. Fans have noticed it's the same day as her ex, Liam Hemsworth's birthday. She posted a video of herself singing the song in the shower yesterday. Here it is. and the Wasp Quantum Mania will be in cinemas on the 17th of February. It's the third movie in the Ant-Man series starring Paul Rudd, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. The movie will centre around Ant-Man wanting to go back in time to get more time with his daughter. However, it doesn't go to plan. The final trailer was released today and it's up on our website. Alison Williams stars in the new viral movie Megan, which hits cinemas this Friday. The film follows a robotic engineer at a toy company who builds a lifelike doll called Megan that begins to take on a life of her own. There's a dance in the movie done by the lifelike doll which has been trending on social media for weeks. So Alison tells us if she knows the dance. No, because I truly cannot dance and I don't know if you know there's a flip in the middle of it like what am I just able to flip and I haven't told anyone there's no world I would everyone would know I'm I'm not insured for that and also no one wants to see that I people would get hurt I have no idea what would happen I want to see you do it though that's the buzz I'm crossy the buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app I have to say I am intrigued about Megan as well and don't forget we love film news and reviews and everything we need to know about what's going on in the cinema and on streaming on Friday right here on 11 to 1 with Niall O'Brien. Now getting back to today and back to the music, here's Lewis Capaldi. <laughs> Forget me, Lewis Capaldi. Now, uh, my next guest, I'm really intrigued about her work because not only is she working in the area of neuromuscular physiotherapy, I know, what's that? We're going to find out about that. But she's also very much interested in our mental well-being and how our physical and our mental health are linked with each other. We're going to be chatting to Andrea O'Grady. She is a neuromuscular physiotherapist. She's also a wellness and mindset coach. We're going to chat to her all about her work after these. Oh, 11 to 1.
After working as a buyer for a major national retail chain for 10 years, spending hours each week on long haul flights to Asia, the Middle East and the US, it soon became clear to my next guest that this career was not serving her. She decided to pack it in, began studying to be a neuromuscular physiotherapist. She set up Body First Physical Therapy Centre based in Delic, where she runs treatments, Pilates classes as well. And she's now on a mission to educate, support and hold space for people to understand ourselves on a deeper level bringing awareness to why we feel the way we feel and also what's getting in the way of us reaching our goals. On January 22nd, she along with Mind and Stress Management Coast uh, Janice Branick is holding an important Calm for Life workshop which will help us get the new year off to a great start. I'm delighted to be joined in studio now by wellness mindset coach and neuromuscular physical therapy uh, <laughs> therapist Andrea Grady. She's here with me. How are you getting on, Andrea? Hi, Sinead. Thanks for having me. Well done. It's a mouthful, that. <laughs> that is a mouthful. But you know, this is quite a switch, Andrew, you know, from the, the jet setting life of a buyer, moving into this area, you know, the whole kind of holistic therapies, all that sort of stuff. Did you have a light bulb moment mid transatlantic flight or what, what happened with you? I'd say it was a gradual sort of um, dim light and it started to just grow brighter and brighter and brighter on many of those flights. I, you know, I'd been there for 10 years. I loved my job. I worked with amazing people. But the stress was getting on top of me. It was really, you know, tough culture, lots of deadlines. You know, you're only as good as your sales. The recession had hit and I was really struggling. I was really sinking deep down into depression, anxiety. I'd lost my mom a couple of years previously and I just thought, I can't do this anymore. What will I do? And I found Pilates to help me with my back pain, chronic back pain, which I didn't realise then was connected to my emotional health. Oh, which we're going to definitely yeah. dive into. I can't wait for that, yeah. But I, you know, I woke up one morning after doing, you know, a couple of months of Pilates and I thought, oh my God, I can move my back. And I started to feel better and better the more I practiced. And I thought, this is magic. I'm going to go and study it. So I up sticks in the middle of 2009 and off I went, studied, started my own Pilates business and then went back to college to study neuromuscular physical therapy. Wow, so it's quite the shift. And as you said, you, like everything changed for you. This was kind of the catalyst of everything sort of slotting into place, your mental and physical well-being. Your life pretty much improved for the better after this change. It did. I felt free. I remember driving away after handing in my resignation and leaving and uh, the, the radio blaring. And I thought, oh, yeah, born to be wild and free <laughs> at last, you know. Um, but... As I continued through the next sort of 10 years, so I'm just 12 years working for myself, I realised that the stress and the anxiety that I thought I was escaping from was still there. And as I hit challenges and bumps on the road in my life, it just, life got really hard. It got really hard. And I, you know, I was searching, going to workshops and doing courses online, saying, I need to fix myself. There's something broken in me. And it was then through doing some cognitive behavioural therapy, I really realised my nervous system was just responding to everything like it was an emergency. I was responding to life like it was an emergency. And this inner critic in my head was telling me all of the things I was bad at all of the time. And my son was diagnosed with autism. And when I realised I had to get and meet him and help him regulate himself, and really understand what was driving him and how he responded to life, I realised that was the key for me. 
Okay, so it was kind of through your son that this sort of all kind of clicked into place. Now, this is really fascinating and a lot of people kind of, I suppose we kind of forget that this is all linked. But, you know, our mental health, so how we are, you know, going about our day-to-day lives, how we're feeling up here, has a huge, huge impact on the physical. And this is kind of the crux of what you're doing. Is this sort of what I'm tapping into here in terms of the, the, the neuroscience aspect of what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, we have a reflex mechanism in our body. We have a huge cranial nerve called the vagus nerve that attaches from our brain into our gut. We've probably talked about like, you know, paying attention to your gut and your gut health. Um, And, you know, the science is now telling us that when we have, you know, a bad microbiome even in our gut, it is linked to depression, anxiety and other mental health difficulties. So for years, I was ignoring my gut. My gut, my stomach, just at my solar plexus at the top of your tummy, you know, sometimes you get sensations there. Sometimes you get them in your throat. Yes. And a lot of the time we just resist them and we push them away and we ignore them. And then our mind takes over and our mind applies meaning to what's happening in the world. And it says, oh, that happened because you're not good at this or you're not good enough or you're failing or you're, you know, or so-and-so said. Yeah. Yeah. So-and-so said. It doesn't have to be your inner critic. It could be just so-and-so, somebody at work or whatever. And, you know, we have enough people in the world telling us and criticising us that we should be this or we should be that. And really, we are good enough just as we are. We just don't pay attention to who we are enough. And when you meet that with a little bit of curiosity and just, you know, say, well, how do I feel about that, actually? And is that true? And how does that apply to me? Then that's where the key is. And truly connecting to what you feel other than the thinking mind, Mm. the actual sensations and the feelings in the body is the difference between stepping forward towards your goal, stepping forward towards healing. And just stepping forward towards a happier life. Yeah, because, you know, when people might say, oh, I've got this reoccurring injury or, Mm -hmm. you know, they might come to you for that or, um, you know, this this uh, pain is back again. And then is it then when you look at your life, their life and you kind of go, oh, well, they've started a new job, maybe or they've been let go from a job or maybe their home life and work life isn't in great balance. Is it all of that that you're kind of looking at as well as treating the actual physical pain? Absolutely. What I've been doing for all of my years as a neuromuscular therapist and sports massage has been informally coaching people. You know, I see and recognise the injury and our nervous system is what responds with pain. It sends us the signal for pain. So what I do, you know, with hands-on therapies with frequency-specific microcurrent, which is a little machine that helps to heal, we use that. But if a person shows up and expects me to treat them and then for everything to be okay. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen. No, it's a process. Yeah, Yeah. it's a process. And, you know, yes, you might need to see me, you know, on a few occasions Mm -hmm. and we can gradually space them out. But majority of the time, somebody needs a program of movement and learning to trust their body again. Yeah. Without getting into specific detail. Mm. That's what it's about. It's about learning to trust your body again. People will say, I hurt my disc. Yeah. I can't touch my toes. When did that happen? 10 years ago. Okay. But discs heal. Yeah. But if you think you can't touch your toes, then you can't. Okay. And that's like breaking it down in in its simplest form. But this touching of the toes could be any goal that people have in life. and and job. Yes. Absolutely. Leaving a toxic relationship. You know, getting your finances under control. You know, eating more fruit. 
it doesn't have to be complicated stuff. Yeah. But if you focus on the why nots and the because I failed, mm. that's all you're going to see. So if you focus on the small, tiny little things that you can do, that's where the magic is. Have you ever heard of that book, Atomic Habits? By yes. James Clear. Yes. And he uses the 1% rule. So he talks about the 1% consistent change mm-hmm. or the consistent habit that you can put in place is much better and lifelong rather than, you know, signing up for six or 12 weeks and going hell for leather and burning yeah. yourself out and then just being exhausted. But, you know, I made the decision that I was going to use less oil in my diet this yeah. year. You know, something small. Yeah, that's one percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's as you say, it's achievable. We're going to be able to do this every day and and the habit goes goes forward. And another thing that I really uh, am intrigued about is, you know, past experiences. So things like that we might be holding on to that have happened to us now. It could be traumatic. It could be something that was kind of other people might see as minor, but we're holding on to this. And again, this manifests physically in the form maybe of a pain and also it, ha- it prevents us from moving forward, moving on to achieve other things. So this is where you kind of, it's kind of, it's counselling and it's, it's therapy. And what is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a fine line, right? Yeah. There's a fine line between counselling and coaching. Yes. Um, and I suppose the way to sort of separate the two is that coaching is when you get to a space where you have done the, maybe you need to go and do some talk therapy. Maybe yeah. you need some cognitive behavioural therapy. You know, maybe you need medication. Mm. You know, and sometimes we resist those things. Yes. We read, and it's the things, that's where the key is as well. It's the things that we resist where the answers are. Okay. So why am I resisting? So the very thing, like I resisted medication. I had very bad depression mm-hmm. and I resisted it for so long. But when I finally admitted that I needed a little bit of help, and I took some medication and I chatted to someone. Oh, my God, I felt so much better. Yeah. And I would have had the exact same experience as yourself. This Because it's like this outside notion of, you know, the taboo, I suppose, again, on, on medication or oh, I don't need that. Like, I'm not that bad or, you know, and it's it's all these different things that go on. So absolutely, I can completely c- connect with that. Now, you run a really like you've so many different uh, therapies. So, you know, you've got everything from the, the physical therapies, the massage, you do Pilates, but you run a really brilliant six week one on one program that people say has really, really worked for them. So tell me about this six week program. What like kind of stuff does it entail? So when you want, if you want to come in and do six week coaching program with me you know I focus on wellness and mindset so that you know what that means to me might necessarily be what it means to you but you might pick something in your life that you want to focus on I had a lady recently who came to me and she wanted to just reconnect with her younger sort of more energetic self she oh, felt you know, she's yeah. in her 40s and she just yeah. felt like she had just fallen on the bottom of the pile and she she knew she had the capability yeah. and very often we do we know but we don't know how. Yes. So when you come to me, you know, we'll fill in a really, you know, in-depth sort of form. You know, you, you look at all aspects of your life. You look at your health. You look at your relationships. You look at your fitness. You look at maybe, maybe your spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe people aren't necessarily religious. Maybe you are. But maybe you want to actually develop some type of meditation, pro- you know, program for yourself and really just create a compelling vision for yourself about how you want your life to be. You know, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired today. Yeah. What am I doing what I'm doing? Well, sure, maybe I'll just stop it all. 
my brain just said, you know, <laughs> what are you doing going on the radio? Are you mad thing? Who's going to listen to what you have to say? And I had to just stop myself and yeah. take a breath and, you know, do my breathing yes. and remind myself of my why. And that's what the coaching programme is about. We will look at all areas of life and you decide why you want to focus on a certain area, what is important to you and the challenges. Yeah. And it's looking at the challenges and the things that get in the way and stop us. When we overcome them or we get interested about them and curious and stop resisting them and ignoring them and well, pushing them away. Well, that's the key, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Get curious about the, the challenges and why are we pushing them away? That's that's really key. And let me just tell you, I have that every single day. <laughs> I approach this microphone. Everyone has it. it ha- you know, we all have this kind of this blockage. And this is where this comes in, because so many people before they come to you, let's say, are drifting along in a life that doesn't serve them, kind of like your own story, I suppose, as well, Andrea. And at the end of the day, who wants to look back with regrets? So this is kind of, you know, really for people, they should take this opportunity, come and kind of lead different lives. Like you must see people after the end of this six or eight weeks or whatever it is and the transformation, that must be hugely rewarding. Amazing. And I know what it feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like to be on both sides. Yes. And... I suppose it's interrupting your autopilot. Mm. That's what it's about. It's saying, I'm just coasting along. I'm not happy. What do I actually really want? And when you take the decision to ask for help in that, it's about somebody like me guiding and just holding space. You know, when you think about children and, you know, no child responds to, you know, criticism and shame Mm. and guilt and blame and control. When you meet a child with compassion and curiosity and you get down and you, you sit on the ground with them. And that's what it's about. It's about sitting on the ground with yourself and I'm there to support you doing that. Fantastic as the guide along the way. And for people who want a bit of a t- taster of this, you have a fantastic workshop coming up. It's uh, called Calm for Life. It's coming up at the end of the month, 22nd of January. This is a nice taster for people and it's a great way to kind of kickstart this kind of examination of, of themselves, I suppose. Yeah. Myself and Denise are so excited about bringing this workshop. It's the first of its kind between the two of us. It's our first collaboration. And Denise is a really incredible mindset and stress management coach. And I am introducing the breath and the movement. And we are going to investigate all aspects of what is right for you. So if you want to stretch your body, if you want to stretch your mind, if you want to focus on your breath, or if you are doing this for years, mm-hmm. It's suitable for you because you are going to have your own wellness plan and you're going to tailor it for yourself with our support on the day. Fantastic. And do people, they just sign up via the Eventbrite website? Is that what they do? Yeah. Just pop onto Eventbrite, search CAM for life. You'll see Andrea and Denise and just have a look there and clicks, click buy. <laughs> come, <laughs> come, come, come. Absolutely. <laughs> and people, if they want like the one-on-one approach, they can, the best way of contacting you, you have all the details on your website, it's probably the best thing, yeah? Yeah, just pop on to www.bodyfirstpt.ie and get in touch with me. Fantastic. Well, Andrea, it's been just wonderful chatting to you. Your work is fascinating. I wish you continued success with this. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thanks a million, Sinead. Thanks a million. Andrea O'Grady there. Yeah, bodyfirstpt.ie. That's the website. You can see everything about Andrea there and all the work that she does. And she's also on social media as well. The same at bodyfirstpt.
knew this Hearts on fire Gavin James Hearts on fire you're listening to LMFM's 11 to 1 and I have some lovely news uh, for two loud venues it's all to do with the Irish Wedding Venue Awards I'll give you the details of that story very very shortly but first it's time for this LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online check out the latest Northeast news sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie Borowadi Motors Tara requires an experienced mechanic in the Meath area experience with diagnostic equipment and advantage please apply to johnclarktara at gmail.com the Valley Inn Malera Delir requires experienced full-time bar person and waiting staff. Excellent terms and conditions will be provided. Uh, please send your CV to valleyinnenquiries at gmail.com or you can give John a call. He's on 087-984-2969. That's 087-984-2969. And don't forget all the details of those jobs can be found on our local job search on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search Yes, two loud venues are announced as finalists in the Irish Wedding Venue Awards. It's fantastic news. This is uh, celebrating the best of the Irish wedding industry. Uh, so the popular venue platform SaveMyDay.ie, they have announced the finalists and I can say that Bellingham Castle and the Four Seasons Hotel in Carlingford have uh, been uh, selected as finalists in, the, in, in the, their categories. So Bellingham Castle is uh, the best exclusive wedding venue. That's their category. And the Four Seasons Hotel are finalists in the best large hotel wedding venue and best waterside wedding venue as well, which is brilliant. And they are uh, over, there's 47 wen- wedding venue finalists uh, from all the different uh, counties around. So 19 counties and and it's really, really brilliant. So the whole thing will be announced in February. Uh, but you can find out more information and details if you are planning a wedding. Savemyday.ie. They showcase unique, amazing and alternative Irish venues as well. They also have kind of a, a community really that connects couples with ceremony reception venues and, and things, whatever your style or your guest size. So the whole thing is on savemyday.ie and the best of luck to Bellingham Castle and to the Four Seasons Hotel in Carlingford. Fantastic news. Yes, Wild Youth revealed as one of the finalists competing to represent Ireland in this year's Eurovision. Now these guys have sold out the Olympia. Uh, they've toured with Westlife and Lewis Capaldi. They want to compete uh, by performing at Ireland uh, performing for Ireland um, for, at the competition and uh, the other finalists who are also tipped to appear in the Eurosong final include a group called I don't know if it's just ADGY or Ad, Ad, Adgy I don't know I'd say it's ADGY though uh, singing Too Good For Love Connolly performing Midnight uh, Summer Rain K Moonai and ND singing along singing song wild sorry uh, but uh the lead singer David previously told uh, the Irish Sun that it was um, uh, basically his band who joined this string of hits who you know really should be the ones I think and he's like trying to get the public to get behind them and I would be all for it I think that this could be the year that a band like this that already have a great following that are really on the up and coming could actually do it for us so here's hoping We'll watch this space. Uh, anyway, getting back to the music and another fantastic Irish act. Here's Niall Horan. Niall Horan, this town, finishing off the show for today. If you're in Navin town, 
pop into Cash and Carry Kitchens there because Jerry Kelly and the Late Lunch crew will be live from Cash and Carry Kitchens in Navan. They're giving away a whopping €1,000 voucher as well for Cash and Carry Kitchens, so you won't want to miss out on that. That's coming your way at half one. That's all our lot for today. Thank you so much for your company and your contribution, all the text messages and, and, and calls and WhatsApp messages. Thank you so much. We'll chat to you tomorrow. Eleven to one with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Visit our showrooms to see the amazing range of Mercedes-Benz cars, or choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring, here for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.